Time for seafood news. Hello, I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle, and you're listening to the Seafood News Podcast, brought to you by Erna Berry's epic online event, the Executive Conference and Global Protein Summit. Featuring both live and on-demand sessions exploring the biggest issues facing the food industry today, this event is a must-attend virtual experience. The event will run from October 6th to the 9th. Time is running out, so register your spot today. Visit ernaberry.com slash events to book and see the complete agenda. Our top story of the week is the Pebble Teeps. Investigative journalists from the Environmental Investigation Agency, posing as investors in Pebble Mine, secretly videotaped executives at the Pebble Partnership in Northern Dynasty as the mining executives revealed intentions and practices that contradict their public statement and their federal application for permitting. Northern Dynasty Minerals CEO Ronald Thiessen and Pebble Limited Partnership CEO Tom Collier went into detail about how the current mine would be expanded in size and production to nine times the size that they told the public and included in their federal permit application. When asked by investigators if growth of the mine past the scale currently applied for would be unstoppable, Thiessen said, yes, once you have something like this in production, why would you want to stop? And even at the end of the day, the footprint is so tiny. If we mine the valley, it's 25 square miles. In response to a question about expansion after the first 20 years, Collier characterized the likelihood of expansion as almost 100%. Collier also explained how the recently approved Northern Corridor route facilitates expansion, saying, and so now we're going to be building Northern Corridor. We'll have a slurry pipeline as part of it, so the concentrate will go down to the coast of the pipeline. And it makes a lot of things easier for us. It makes expansion much easier. Statements made by Collier in the recordings also call into question the congressional testimony he submitted on behalf of Pebble regarding the company's plans for expansion. In October 2019, Collier submitted written testimony to the House Subcommittee on Water Resources and the Environment, stating that Pebble has planned a smaller, smarter mine and that it has no current plans in its application or in any other way for expansion. Upon release of the Pebble Tapes, Northern Dynasty and the Pebble Partnership said that there were some pretty questionable ethics at play by the group that made the recordings. The company said that for several years they had taken the position that there would be potential for subsequent phases of development. However, we currently have no plans for any development beyond 20 years of mining, they said. But in the wake of these tapes, Collier offered his resignation to the board of Northern Dynasty Minerals, the parent company of the Pebble Limited Partnership. Northern Dynasty CEO Ron Thiessen, who was also caught on video discussing those relationships, offered an apology to all Alaskans. In other news, Bumblebee Seafoods received a surprise shout-out from the president when he claimed that protesters in Minnesota and Chicago were using cans of food, specifically Goya and Bumblebee brand tuna, to attack the police. While at a campaign rally in Moon Township, Pennsylvania, Trump said, it's a lovely thing to say as, as he's getting rocks and cans of tuna fish. They go out and buy tuna fish and soup. You know that, right? Goya, I hope. Goya, he's great, isn't he? Good guy. They go out and buy Goya because they throw it. They throw it. It's the perfect weight. Tuna fish, they can really rip it, right? And that hits you. No, it's true. Bumblebee. Brand tuna. And you can throw that soccer, you can put a curve on it. According to NBC News, there have been no media reports of police hit with cans of tuna. But Bumblebee Seafoods took to Twitter to respond to Trump's surprise mention of their tuna cans, tweeting to their followers to eat them, don't throw them. In other news, Oregon's public health department in Clatsop County is reporting a major outbreak at Pacific Seafoods Warrenton plant. According to a news release put out by the county, 
77 of the plant's 159 member night shift tested positive for the illness. The Clatsop County Public Health Department wrote in a press release that the Oregon Health Authority is taking the lead in arranging for quarantine of the affected individuals and conducting tracing of family and other contacts of those workers. The agency is also arranging to test the members of the plant's day shift. Pacific Seafood temporarily suspended operations as those workers were tested. The news of the outbreak comes less than a week after Clatsop County reported six workers at the Warrington plant testing positive for COVID-19. Five of the new cases are part of the nine new local cases that the Clatsop County Public Health Department reported. According to the historian, the sixth case is a worker that lives in Pacific County. In other news, the USDA Commodity Procurement Program has granted Blue Harvest Fisheries a f- over $4.4 million purchase award for Haddock, Ocean Perch, and Atlantic Pollock for s- schools, food banks, and households across the United States. The award signals an expansion of the program to East Coast producers for the first time in decades. Deliveries will start on October 1st and run through December 31st. The fish will be harvested by American flag vessels from MSC certified fisheries in the Gulf of Maine and George's Bank. Processing will be done at Blue Harvest Dockside Facility in New Bedford, Massachusetts, before being distributed to recipients nationwide. Keith Decker, CEO of Blue Harvest, said that we are delighted that the USDA has selected Blue Harvest to bring high-quality seafood to deserving Americans across the country. Given the uncertainties surrounding the seafood market during the ongoing pandemic, this order will help ensure that the groundfish industry at the New Bedford waterfront can continue working while providing food security for those who need it most. Decker specifically thanked Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Perdue, USDA staff, and the Trump administration for expanding the Commodity Procurement Program to include East Coast seafood for the first time in decades. The award would not have happened without initial requests from a Massachusetts congressional delegation back in May. Finally, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration announced a proposed rule to establish additional traceability record-keeping requirements for certain foods. So what exactly does that mean? I'll break it down. The proposed rule is actually titled Requirements for Additional Traceability Records for Certain Foods and is a key component of the FDA's new era of Smarter Food Safety Blueprint. If finalized, the proposed rule would standardize the data elements and information firms must establish and maintain and the information that they would need to send to the next entity in the supply chain to facilitate rapid and accurate traceability. According to the FDA, the goal is to make it easier to rapidly and effectively track the movement of of food to prevent or mitigate a foodborne illness outbreak. The FDA already has regulations for the food industry in place to establish and maintain records, but the agency says that the existing regulations provide limited information to effectively and rapidly link shipments of food through each point in the supply chain. This new proposed rule would allow the FDA to identify the source of a contaminated product more quickly and reduce the scope of product recalls. So, what foods would be subjected to this proposal? Leafy greens, fresh-cut fruits and vegetables, shell eggs, nut butters, and of course, some seafood are on the list. The FDA's list includes all finfish species, such as cod, haddock, Alaska pollock, tuna, mahi-mahi, mackerel, grouper, barracuda, and salmon. All crustacean species, like shrimp, crab, and lobster, are included on the list, as well as oysters, clams, and mussels. These items were placed on the list after the FDA developed a risk-ranking model for food tracing. Some of the areas looked at include the frequency of outbreaks, occurrences of illnesses, the severity of illnesses, and the likelihood of contamination. The National Fisheries Institute released a statement following the news of the proposed rule. The organization said that they support efforts to both modernize and advance food safety and are currently reviewing the proposed rule and draft food traceability list. And that does it for me. So thanks for tuning in and be sure to check in next week for another episode of the Seafood News Podcast.